Welcome to the Red Pill Plus Podcast. We're so thankful that you joined us tonight. Uh, what a phenomenal debate tonight for the RNC. Uh, and there was really one guy that was a star, and that was Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, he was just on fire. And so tonight we're going to be uh, replaying some of that, talking about talk about some of the college football over the past weekend and the upcoming games, a couple of really big games this com- uh, coming up this weekend. Also, uh, talking a little NFL uh, as well and talking about kind of mid-year uh, where the race is for uh, each division. Uh, but, man, uh, of course, President Trump held a, uh, a, a rally in Florida at the same time, Halea, I believe Halea, uh, Florida, and uh, I think there were probably more people watching live streaming that uh, by far. Uh, but man, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy was on fire, and so um, if you're like a lot of people, I didn't watch it. Uh, then I was on X and started seeing a lot about it. Uh, but man, I'm so thankful that you joined uh, us tonight. Looking uh, forward to having. Uh, Daniel R. Street uh, is going to be on with us talking. He's written several books on the fake uh, Trump, uh, fake news, uh, and and Trump. I think he's written three or four volumes. We're looking really forward to having uh, it's Randy, uh, actually Randy Street, and uh, but he goes by Daniel. His dad's name is Daniel. Then he's Daniel R. Daniel uh, Randall, and. Uh, I'll tie that in when we talk uh, next Thursday. I believe we're talking next Thursday. And so looking forward to that. It's going to be a great time. Got some other guests that we're uh, trying to book. One is connected to the Vivek Ramaswamy campaign, Kathy Barnett. We're trying to have her on. So, uh, And I'm going to try to get Vivek uh, on as well. So anyway, just thankful that you have uh, you've joined us. And I want to get right into these clips that I want you to see. Uh, a little bit of this. So let's start out with uh, Lester Holt. And I think this is maybe the opening uh, salvo of, of Vivek Ramaswamy. Swami, let me turn to you. Uh, please make your case. Why would you, uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. Is it cancer in the Republican establishment? Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Walker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Christian, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you in the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with the Hunter Biden laptop story. And they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Let me turn to Governor Governor Christie. Why you? Swami, let me turn to you. Man, he is, uh, he was on fire. He was on fire. Uh, Let's unpack that real quick. Uh, First thing he calls out Ronald McDaniel, 
which is Mitt Romney's niece, and uh, you know tells her basically she's a failure, and she is, uh, no doubt about it. But nobody else in the Republican Party is going to say that. And I got to be honest with you, uh, Donald Trump has voiced his, uh, you know, his support for her, knowing that she could care less about him. She doesn't like him. Uh, and if there's anything, and I'm 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 a hundred percent Trump, but if President Trump, but if there's anything that is the Achilles heel of President Trump, it is his uh, choice of the people he surrounds him with. And uh, quite honestly, I'm afraid of that for his VP. Uh, he'll here's something that I think we tend to do. Uh, if you're in any kind of leadership, you tend to want to show people that you're not this wild-eyed you know, just insane radical. And for all the uh, hubris and all the pontificating that President Trump does, at the end of the day, he does care what people think. Now, he's not afraid to say what he thinks. He's not afraid to lay it on the line. And that's what we love about him. But there's a part of him that wants, that's why you saw Reince Priebus and you saw all these rhinos that he put in. And Reince probably wasn't as much, but he, you know, uh, he's probably one of the lesser ones, let me put it that way. Uh, but he surrounded himself with all these neocons, all these, and all that was, that was not that he believed like them. It was him trying to show everybody else, hey, I can play ball. But what you have to understand about the, the Democrats and the GOP establishment is you can't give those people an inch. They're like the devil. You can't give them a, a foot in the door. You got to slam the door on them. You, you know, you cannot give them any leeway whatsoever. I thought it was brilliant that Vivek Ramaswamy came. I mean, came smoking. Listen, he didn't have anything to lose. He's behind, uh, I think, uh, right now it's President Trump by a mile. Then it's Nikki Haley way back. Then it's Ron DeSantis right behind her. And then Vivek is, you know, within shouting distance of uh, of those two, of DeSantis and um, and Haley. I, I, I think I said uh, DeSantis number three. and uh, But so he didn't have any... Uh, he didn't have anything to lose, and man, he knocked it out of the park. I mean, it was the the not only just was he bombastic, he was bombastic about the right things, and I think that's so important. You know, it's one thing to just you know uh, pontificate. I saw somewhere where uh, you know Lindsey Graham was talking about not another cent to anybody until we you know sell our border. I'm like, give me a break. Uh, you know, I, I don't even want to hear that. So. Uh, and that's what I like about Vivek Ramaswamy. One, he's so intelligent. Two, he's so articulate. Uh, he was quoting, and, and we'll play the, the clip here in a moment, but he was quoting some provinces in the Ukraine that are totally Russian. They speak Russian. They've not been in uh, control of Ukraine since 2014. Uh, and they've been predominantly, historically, Russian uh, provinces. And he was naming naming them. And there was nobody else on that stage. What I found hilarious, and actually I posted this on X, I said, you know, uh, as Vive was just being a savage, uh, there sat, you know, um, DeSantis and Christie uh, and uh, uh, Tim, I, I can't think of his last name, the uh, governor, I mean, the, the senator from uh, North Carolina. But they were looking at him like he was, uh, and I'll think of his name here in a minute. Uh, they were looking at him like he was the starting QB for the high school. The guy that uh, dates the homecoming queen is the starting QB for the, for the lo- local high school. Just looking at him just with awe of, you know, just looking at him like, man, I wish I could be, you know, that smart, that articulate. And not just smart and articulate, but smart and articulate about the right issues. And and you can you can tell, yeah, as he looked at polling and so forth, absolutely. But he's 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 talking about the things with conviction and it rings true. Listen, I heard a psychologist say a long time ago, he said that uh, every person has a built-in truth detector. And they know, people know if you're telling the truth or not. Not just about politicians, anybody. They know someone's genuine or not. And uh, 
You know, I've heard people say he's not that likable. He he can come off a little nerdy, but he he comes off to me very smooth, very smart. Uh, but the things he's talking about and the, the passion that he's using to talk about them, uh, it doesn't ring as it's rehearsed. It's uh, it's it's coming from his gut. Uh, it just it it really really uh, seems that way. So uh, let, let's step into some or check into some more of these uh, these clips, and I think they are. Uh, they are so, to, in my mind, they're very indicative of what's uh, going on. We heard the Lester Holt one. Uh, I want you to hear this one. This is uh, him talking about Zelensky and about the support for, um, you know, for you, the Ukraine and how it was so solidified last debate. Now, all of a sudden, they're tiptoeing and easing their way back because Ukraine's losing and they're not going to win the war. Uh, so uh, here he is talking about Ukraine and Zelensky. People here, Ukraine is not a parent. Swami, are you persuaded by President Zelensky's urgent new plea? Where do you stand on more funding? I am absolutely unpersuaded. And I'm actually enjoying watching the Ukraine hawks quietly, delicately tiptoe back from their position as this thing has unwound into a disaster. The first half of this race, I was the only person standing for it. Now they're actually quietly coming around to being more cautious as they should. Level with the American people here. Ukraine is not a paragon of democracy. This is a country that has banned 11 opposition parties. It has consolidated all media into one state TV media arm. That's not democratic. It has threatened not to hold elections this year unless the U.S. forks over more money. That is not democratic. It has celebrated a Nazi in its ranks, the comedian in cargo pants, a man called Zelensky, doing it in their own ranks. That is not democratic. More facts for you that you won't hear from the mainstream in either party or the mainstream media. The regions of Ukraine that are occupied by Russia right now in the Donbass, Luhansk, Donetsk, these are Russian-speaking regions that have not even been part of Ukraine since 2014, that other people probably couldn't name those provinces for you. Those are the hard facts. And so to frame this as some kind of battle between good versus evil, don't buy it. And I'd like the likes of the, the sharpest of the war hawks on Ukraine, Nikki Haley, to have some accountability and answer. Do you want to use U.S. taxpayer money to fund the banning of Christians? That is actually what's happening. They're using the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. They have banned them. The Ukrainian parliament just did this last week, supported by our dollars. And I think you owe it to the American people, Nikki, to at least this Mr. one time Ramaswamy, at least condemn, thank you. That's time. At least Mr. Ramaswamy, their thank banning you. of Christians. Mr. Ramaswamy, <laughs> thank you. Mr. Ramaswamy, thank you. We asked the questions. <laughs> Ambassador Haley, <laughs> what is your take? Oh, that's, that is priceless. Uh, and, and he had to call out Nikki Haley. And rightfully so. She is a you know purebred neocon, and you know never met a war she didn't like. So uh, absolutely, he had to he had to uh, form a contrast between uh, the two of them uh, and DeSantis, and he certainly would do that in one of the others. But let's unpack a little bit these first two clips. Uh, in the first clip, you know he he talks about uh, Ronald McDaniel's uh, failure and how the Republicans just they they've just leaned on losing a lot of that's messaging because the democrats are leaning into and and getting all these liberals uh, lathered up about abortion and then here's what republicans do and this comes from the top down they're over there trying to uh play the middle and not talk about abortion well you got to talk about it you got to get your base out and say listen if you don't come out and vote against uh, and vote for the right legislature in these state races uh, they're going to pass amendments for uh, you know they're going to they're going to pass laws and then they're going to have uh, constitutional amendments if you don't turn out and vote that are going to be uh, you know encapsulated in law and you can't get rid of them uh, and that's not been done by Ron McDaniel and the GOP or the RNC, Republican National Convention. So he calls them out. Then he calls out and, and you know asks Ron McDaniel to come up there and resign. He'll give her some of his time. And then he calls out uh, Kristen uh, Pearson for you know pushing the hoax. And then he makes this wonderful point that uh, and this is probably I didn't I didn't even realize maybe you did. But I didn't realize that, you know, I know NBC uh, hosts that debate, 
But I think it's the Republican Party that chooses, and they may have a list of who they, you know, who they can choose from. Maybe they and NBC work on it. But he made a great point. He said, "Do you think uh, the Democrats would have Greg Gutfeld uh, host uh, a Democratic uh, Democratic National Convention uh, debate?" Absolutely not. Uh, and so why is the Republican Party picking Kristen Pearson, uh, who actually pushed this Russian hoax? Well, Lester Holt, no different. Uh, so uh, anyway, I thought it was phenomenal how he called them out on that. And that's what people want to hear. That's how people talk. That's how people think. Uh, and when I say people, I'm talking about Republican primary voters. That's how they think and that's how they talk and he's he's call them out on it then in the second clip he's he said hey you guys were all in on uh russia i, I mean on ukraine and now you're backing off why are you backing off uh and you know i'm glad you're coming around and then you know he calls out you know the money going uh, and and these neocons uh putting money into uh, the Ukraine, and he just does a phenomenal, phenomenal job of calling out uh, what is going on and the things that I think a Republican, at least, you know, and this is empirical uh, with just me, but I, I, and when I talk to other true conservatives, uh, the primary voter base, uh, they are not only concerned but, but quite passionate about uh, these things. So let's pick up another clip here where he and Nikki Haley get into it. And Nikki Haley actually calls him scum. Now, I will say this he calls out Nikki Haley's daughter, uh, and that's kind of a cardinal rule. You don't call out another uh, special woman, you just can't hardly do it. And he calls out her daughter. Her daughter's grown, and some people won't get that. Uh, you can call out a grown kid a little better, but he probably could have said her own family. I don't think it's a cardinal sin or anything, um, but but it touched a nerve with her big time. Uh, but I like it. I like his fighting, and that's so Trump-ish. Uh, so uh, give me a second here to pull it up, and then we'll we'll get another one going here. Uh, but it's uh, he he really sets her off on this one. I thought was uh, really really good. So uh, let me let me find the the next one here where he kind of goes into uh, about the neocons. Um, but uh, one of the things that I think, uh, one other thing that he did, this was at the end, and uh, I'll get to the other one here in a moment, but one other thing he does in this, uh, he he calls out the Democratic Party for leading us on that Joe Biden is going to be the nominee, which he's not going to be. He, he's not going to make it. Um and, and, you know, to me, that's the Democratic Party's, to me, that's their prerogative. They can do what they want to do. But again, he's call, he's calling out both establishments. And some people say, well, you know, Democrats can do what they want to do. But he's calling out the political class and their disingenuousness, their corruptness, their, uh, you know, making money off of wars, etc. So that's kind of what that was about. That's less because he's talking to independent voters right there. So he's he's leaning into a little bit, looking past the Republican uh, primary and kind of peeking over the fence uh, at the general, in my opinion. Or it could be a lot of Democrats that are so disgusted that may uh, kind of migrate over to the Republican uh, Party uh, during the even a primary, so uh, don't think it's a bad move at all. Uh, so anyway, here he is, uh, kind of talking about we need a different leader from a different generation. We don't need a neocon. We don't need a warmonger. We need somebody that you know has a fresh outlook, which is he's absolutely right. So give me a second to cue this up, and this I think is where he gets. I believe it's where he gets Nikki Haley all fired up. And is now a multimillionaire. So it was her family. Then she, Joe go. Biden's son, Hunter Biden, got a $5 million bribe from Ukraine. That's why we're sending $200 billion back to that same country. The fact of the matter is the Republican Party is not that much better. You have the likes of Nikki Haley, who stepped down from her time at the U.N., bankrupt or in debt, is, was her family. Then she becomes a military contractor. She joins the board of Boeing and otherwise, and is now a multimillionaire. So I think that that's wrong when Republicans do it or Democrats do it. That's the choice we face. 
do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first, or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? All right, Mr. In which case, we've got two of them on stage. Mr. Ramaswamy, thank you. Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden got a... He said, which in this case, we have two of them. <laughs> and he was, of course, referring to Ron DeSantis. And Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie uh, just looked at him like, you know, I don't know. They, they were just looking up at him like, man, I really, I really respect this guy or something. It was, it was actually pretty, uh, pretty amazing. I've got another one here. I think this is one where, uh, in the if you'll remember in the previous uh, debate, Nikki Haley, which I thought was ignorant, but she was giving him a hard time about being on TikTok. And what she was trying to say was that TikTok's owned by the Chinese and you shouldn't be on TikTok. Well, he comes basically and says, uh, you know, your daughter is on TikTok. And so, you know, before you start telling me I shouldn't be on uh, TikTok, then maybe you should, you know, write in your daughter. And uh, man, she she come unglued. Uh, and it was it was it was a, a, a moment. And she gets uh, she gets super duper upset. And that's when actually the time she calls him scum. Uh so let me let me see if I can find this here real quick. Uh, also, just wanted you to know that we are brought to you tonight by Red River Auto, redriverauto.com, the most patriotic car dealership in the world. Uh, make sure you go to redriverauto.com, new or used cars. They are great and wonderful people, and uh, you will not regret doing business uh, with uh, redriverauto.com. Also, we are brought to you by mypillow.com. Don't forget to use that promo code RED, the promo code RED, and uh, it's, uh, they're, they're, they've got some phenomenal, phenomenal savings right now. The Giza Dream Sheets. Uh, my wife just put a fresh set on the other night, and man, they are, uh, they are so nice. I mean, they just, um, they are, they are uh, just so um, I don't know uh, soft, and they they just got a class to them. Uh, and then they're uh, I love their slippers; they are just phenomenal. And uh, so you're going to really love those. Also, don't forget about if you know someone. Listen, there's people in your life that they you know they have everything, and all the kids go together. They got a great story. Uh, and instead of all the kids buying them something they've always had, go together and go to PurposeMediaPublishing.com. That's PurposeMediaPublishing.com. PurposeMediaPublishing.com. And book a 20-minute or you can do a five-minute conversation with PurposeMediaPublishing.com. And buy for Christmas a, uh, a publishing package for your uh, best your best friend your loved one uh, and uh, and see them get published get their book published get their story published uh, and this is something that you could do that would be so phenomenal now what's really cool about purpose media now these are not you know cheap they're not they're not uh, cheap publishing packages but they come with a lot of stuff one you know you get uh, a an ebook you get everything ready to go you get uh, you get help writing your manuscript you get full editing you get full line editing full grammar composition editing you get uh, help with naming your chapters uh, with phrasing you get help uh, all the way through your manuscript you get cover design front back spine uh, you get uh, ISBN number uh, you get your library of congress number uh, you get uh, also uh, you get the uh, landing page you get a free landing page so that when you actually uh, get your book published it, you, that people can go to purposemediapublishing.com slash uh, your person that is getting the publishing package name or the name of their book so they'll have uh, a web presence uh, and it is very, very uh, uh, competitive with any other purposing or, or, or publishing package out there. But the difference is, is Purpose Media Publishing will let you pay this in installments. Uh, and they have people paying $100 a month. They got some people paying less than $100 a month. Pay a little bit of money down, pay it out. 
uh, and they typically run between $1,500 and $2,500. And now the $2,500 package is for people who speak for a living, whether it's a minister or whomever, and they've got speeches. And those speeches, they want those turned into a book. So that's how... Uh, that's why that's so expensive, $2,500. But I think the, the, the 20, let me check here, the $2,500 package is 19 right now. The $1,900 package is, uh, not, is 14, $1,495. So they're, they've got like $500 off of these packages right now. And they're still, not only they're $500 off, a great, makes a great Christmas gift, but you still, even with $500 off, you can get the, uh, interest-free, I said again, interest-free payments. So you can pay $100 down, pay $100 a month, and you get your book and just keep paying the monthly payment. Uh, they have several authors that have done the monthly payments. They're making enough money from their publishing uh, proceeds that they're making their monthly payment. And uh, once they get that paid, then they'll start having money in their pocket. So a uh, wonderful Christmas gift, PurposeMediaPublishing.com. Uh, and they can they can set you up. You can get started uh, today. And I think it's very likely, just from what they've told me, I think it's very likely that if you signed up today or tomorrow, you could probably have uh, your book by Christmas. Uh, so, uh, again, if you're going to make it as a Christmas gift, then you give it to them at Christmas. And in 30 days or so or less, uh, they can have a book that's published and ready to go. So uh, this is Vivek Ramaswamy uh, really ticking off uh, Nikki Haley. So here we go. You get TikTok banned if you use it. Well, I mean, Let me start over. Uh, we've talked about this. You campaign on TikTok. How do you get TikTok banned if you use it? Well, I, I, I want to laugh at why Nikki Haley didn't answer your question, which is about looking at families in the eye. In the last debate, she made fun of me for actually joining TikTok while her own daughter was actually using the app for a long time. So you might want to take care of your family first. Leave my daughter out of your voice. The next generation of Americans are using it. And that's actually the point. You have her supporters crapping her up. That's fine. Here's the truth. You're just the easy scum. answer is actually to say that we're just going to ban one app. we got to go further. We have to ban any U.S. company actually transferring U.S. data to the Chinese. Here's a story most people don't know. Airbnb hands over U.S. user data to the CCP. Now, that's a U.S.-owned company. So this is the problem when you have Republicans that temporarily go the way the winds blow, and now it's popular to talk tough on China when she was U.N. ambassador, called them literally her words, not mine, our great friend. You can't be fair-weather fans of the right policy. Get to the root cause. Even U.S. companies in Silicon Valley are regularly doing it. Cut the virtue signaling. The fact of the matter is Democrats are on TikTok today. The only person, one of the few people who is putting up content the way the actual algorithms work, speaking for pro-Israel views or others, Ambassador is me. Um, more Republicans will join it. But uh, stop U.S. companies from turning over data to Chinese companies. That's the real answer. Like, uh, the don't get to... <laughs> and I love the way he can and of course some of that's from his debate uh, experience uh, in college but I love how he can you know even when they're interrupting him uh, Hugh Hewitt's and, and he just keeps rolling and uh, man he, he just he slayed tonight it was just it was phenomenal uh, I don't know if I have seen uh, well probably Trump was the last time I saw a Republican or anybody have that good of a debate. Uh, it was, I think that was his defining moment. I really did. And I, I've got to be totally honest with you. I was, I was fully uh, on the Vivek Ramaswamy, Vivek Ramaswamy train uh, and just was, you know, all about him. And then I kind of fell off. It wasn't because something he said or did. It just kind of, I don't know, just kind of, you know, and, and I'm going to vote for Trump, but I thought, you know, for vice president or whatever, and I just thought he was intriguing. I really liked him. But I'm going to tell you after tonight, I'm like, uh, it's Trump 1A and it's Vivek Ramaswamy 1B. It just is. And uh, I'm, I'm Trump, you know, uh, and 
and I'll never vote for Ron DeSantis. I don't think Ron DeSantis gets to first base. I mean, he was like a doorstop tonight. Uh, but uh, anyway, so that's the debate. If you get a chance, go back and watch it. I, I actually didn't even watch the debate. I just watched the Vivek Ramaswamy uh, clips because I have no interest in what Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, um, uh, or any of the rest of them have to say. So uh, anyway, it was a, a very good debate, but if you at least want to go watch, uh, I encourage you to watch the whole thing if you have the time and want to waste a couple hours. Um, so let's move on to some sports. I thought it was fascinating. Uh, I saw a fascinating uh, debate today. Let me see if I can find that uh, here on... Uh, it was um, it was actually someone comparing uh, Zach Wilson and um, Zach Wilson of the New York Jets, who you know has been playing horrible, and Troy Aikman. How this came up was Troy Aikman's been pretty tough. In fairness, Troy Aikman, and he's he's one of my all time favorites. I'm a Cowboy fan, but uh, he's been pretty tough on Zach Wilson. But in fairness to Troy Aikman, he said the other night, uh, and man, that was an ugly game of the night, the, uh, the Jets and the uh, Chargers. That was a ugly game. Actually, the, char- the Jets made the Chargers look good, and I don't know if they're even that good. Uh, but he uh, – I-, I didn't hear him being that tough, but I know he has been pretty tough on Zach Wilson, uh, the you know who was the starting quarterback. Uh, then when Aaron Rodgers uh, took over, he was benched, and now he's in there because Aaron Rodgers is hurt. And they're saying Aaron Rodgers is coming back in a few weeks. I can't imagine that with with a torn, you know, Achilles. But uh, but anyway, he he was out there walking around, pretty amazing. Uh, but but anyway, this guy, let's see, his name is uh, Ellison. Uh, it's it's thick dado f4 is the uh is is his name but it's uh twitter or x handle is ellison underscore utes uh like utah utes u-t-e-s ellison underscore utes at ellison underscore utes and he does a comparison course now i get it he's a utah fan he's a mormon zach wilson's a mormon brigham young so i just made the connection but it doesn't matter the facts are the facts so troy aikman has been very very vocal about zach wilson now i haven't heard it but i've heard people talking about how he's pretty pretty tough on him so what this guy does he goes through the first 29 career starts of zach wilson compared to the first 29 career starts of troy aikman so check this out uh, Zach Wilson record, uh, first 29 games, 11 and 18. You want to guess Troy Aitman's uh, first 29 games record, 8 and 21. Now, the Cowboys were horrible. If you remember, that's when Tom Landry's teams really, really tanked and were terrible. And that's when Jerry Jones bought uh, the Cowboys from the Murchison family and then uh, brought in Jimmy Johnson. Uh, and, and they had to build them back. You know, they were in the Super Bowl, what, three or four years later. But in those first 29 games, which is what, uh, 16, uh, almost two years. That's a little less two years. 11-18 uh, versus 8-21. and 21. Pass rating, Zach Wilson, 70, 67.6. 67.6. Uh, Troy Aikman's uh, pass rating, 64.46. So three points higher for uh, Zach Wilson, or almost three points. Uh, TDs thrown, 20 for Zach Wilson, 25 for Troy Aikman. Interceptions, 23 for Zach Wilson, 39 for Troy Aikman. Yards per attempt, 5.18, almost 5.2 for Zach Wilson, 6.2 for Troy Aikman. So uh, actually... Not even even. Uh, Zach Wilson's had a better career over his first 29 games uh, than uh, Troy Aikman. Now, here's what I know about Troy Aikman. I watched him for so many years there, living there in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Is that he is, uh, you know, he is so 
religious about working out, about preparation, about taking his craft seriously. Uh, and so I, I think, you know, Zach Wilson definitely can be, uh, be that guy. I think he can definitely uh, find himself improving. He's got the tools. He's got a great arm. Uh, not the most mobile guy, but, uh, well, actually, I think it, in college he was actually very mobile. Uh, but I hadn't seen him be that mobile uh, here. Uh, so it was pretty, um, uh, that, that was pretty eye-opening. Also, the Cowboys signed uh, Martavius Bryant. Uh, uh, Bryant is a, he is a physical specimen. Uh, played for the Raiders, if you'll remember. Uh, and I got a little comment to make about the Raiders here in a moment. But Martavius Bryant, I don't think he's played in the NFL for like three years. He's had a lot, a lot of uh, uh, struggles, a lot of problems. Also, where Leonard Fournette had been picked up by, let's see, you know, he left the Buccaneers and was picked up by the, who was it? I saw him the other day. Was it the Dolphins? I saw him picked up by somebody the other day. He looked so strange in that uniform. Uh, and uh, so anyway, uh, wish him the best. You know, his, his style of running was just uh, or he is uh, so hard on the body, you know, and uh, he's, uh, you know, he's definitely on his on his uh, way down as far as, you know, his playing days are best. And he, he made some money, did well, uh, but I I can't remember now actually who he um, who he signed with, uh, but. Um, then did you see? And I think this was actually a good move. Uh, was the the Rams signed uh, Carson Wentz? So I thought that was actually, I thought that was actually a pretty, uh, you know, a, a pretty good, uh, pretty good move for them. And I think uh, I actually think Carson Wentz could get in the right uh, with the right uh, team. I think he could. I think he could. He could do something. I mean, he's got a lot of ability. I know he looked terrible with the Eagles. Looked ter- terrible with the Commanders. Uh, but I think he actually could. I think he could. Could uh, you know have a have a decent career and and uh, make some you know make a little noise. Uh, then one of the best things that I've seen in a while. Uh, and let me say this first about the Raiders. I am. Uh, I, I am. Uh, I think the NFL is better when the Raiders are uh, are good. I, I don't know why that is. I don't know because you know Al Davis uh, back in the day, and they just that they were you know the kind of the bad boys of the NFL, and it just seems like they uh, the NFL is just it's better when the Raiders are good. And I was kind of back in the day. I was kind of a um, George Blanda, I mean, it's way back. Uh, you know, you know. I'm trying to think. Uh, Daryl LaMonica, who was the uh, quarterback, Ray Guy, way back in the day. Uh, so I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not a Raiders fan, but I think the NFL is better when the Raiders are good. So it was good to see them uh, do re- well the other night. And uh, man, the difference. Uh, the other day, the way they played, you know, and and it was just amazing, the uh, you know how they looked, and of course they they fired Josh McDaniel, brought it, uh, elevated Antonio Pierce. Now I heard a story the other day. I don't know if this is true, but I heard a story that um, they had a meeting. Uh, this was before Josh McDaniel got um, got fired. And they had a meeting, kind of letting the you know players all kind of air out their, uh, you know how they felt, and uh, and so uh, in that meeting, Antonio Pierce uh, actually speaking, and I don't know why, but speaking on behalf of uh, Josh McDaniel, kind of defended him and said, "Look, you know." You know the Patriots went in. I forgot who they were playing, and nobody. Oh, Giants! Nobody expected them to win, uh, and you know the Patriots went in there and the Giants beat them, and uh, and they, and the report said that after the, all the team left, Josh McDaniel looked at Antonio Pierce and said, "Don't ever talk about the the Patriots like that again," and 
you know, uh, I just thought that was kind of super petty, but I thought it was so ironic that Antonio Pierce actually gets elevated after that. But here's the really cool part of the story, and I'll let I'll let you hear the uh, interview. The question was asked, and what it was uh, on the game of the day that uh, Sunday, they had the uh, uh, the the Raiders had their practice squad players on the sidelines. And I don't know if a lot of teams do do that. I don't know if most teams do that. I don't know if there's just a few teams, but the Raiders didn't. Their practice squad players were not included on the sideline. And uh, so a reporter said, hey, I noticed you had uh, the practice squad on the sideline Sunday. What was that about? And this is Antonio Pierce, the new the interim head coach for the Raiders. And I tell you, he won't be an interim long uh, if they keep playing like they did. So uh, l- listen to this. It's important for you to, to have them down there on the field. They're right, they're, they got the Raiders uniform. Yeah, practice squad players on the, on the sideline <clears throat> yesterday. If, yep. if that is the case, um, why was that important for you to, to have them down there on the field? They're right, they're, they got the Raiders uniform. Them guys bust their tails. You know, last week was just two days. This week will be three days. And they're getting us looks both on offense, defense, special teams. They're working out in the morning. They're in the meetings. They're in everything about it. But then on game day, where are they? I, you know, I don't, I, you know, that wasn't my belief. Um, I've been at other places either as a coach when I was in high school or college. Every man's in, man. If you're on a team, you're a part of a team, you're there on game day. And I, I just felt the way that we practiced those two days and what we asked them to do, they deserved to be on our sideline. They earned that right. And I hope they don't stay on practice squad. I hope they push themselves to become on an active roster. And that was the carrot I dangled in front of them. And they brought energy on the sideline. Now, it was a little... A little busier than we used to, than I'm used to, but you know what? I'll take it when they bring that kind of juice that they did. Yeah, yeah great, players on, great. On the that's a great piece. Yep. Uh, and and I th- see, I think that's one of the intangibles about leadership and coaching. It's just, I think a lot of guys have the technical uh, ability to lead or the talent to lead, but you know, I heard John Maxwell say something one time, and he said, you know, did you know the number one common denominator in people who make a lot of money is that they are good with people and that doesn't mean you have people you have people that are terrible with people that make a lot of money and you have people who are great with people and they don't you know make a lot of money but the common denominator among people who make a lot of money uh, is that they are great they, they are great with the relationships and I think this right here is just one of those things. It's it's something that seems so small, but guess what those guys do when those guys are on the sideline? Then they're you know they're practicing harder. When they practice harder, that makes the starters better, and it just it gives a continuity. And I'm gonna tell you something else. It does. It pushes the starters. Uh, not only inspires them, but it pushes them because. Uh, those guys, you're pushing the thing from the bottom up. So you're pushing these guys that are Texas squad or, or rather practice squad players, and they're getting better. And so this defensive back said, hey, man, this guy's hustling every play. I got to I gotta get better. And then they're, now they're dressing out and they're on the sidelines. Uh, so I think, you know, I think some of this is, this is what a lot of other teams do, and they're very successful. And so I think it's uh, – I think, you know, uh, kudos to Antonio Pierce. I think that's a great, great uh, move. Uh, Tim Scott was the uh, senator. That's, you know, he's he's just like a doorstop as well up there. Uh, I, re- I fully look for, you see, you got, in fact, I heard tonight that uh, after the debate that Ron DeSantis lost one of his major donors, and then he had another donor once he heard that major donor. So I think it's it's just a matter of time. Uh, if he drops out, uh, Chris Christie's gone, uh, Tim Scott's gone, it's Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy, and man, Ramaswamy will, it's all in, it's an all-Indian uh, match. Ramaswamy against Nikki Haley, who is, you know, uh, of Indian descent as well. So be fascinating i don't think it was was it brian hoyer that uh that that played uh for uh for the uh, raiders on sunday that didn't ring a bell uh 
uh, I was going to look that up real quick and see, but I mean, I was just so impressed uh, by the Raiders' win. Uh, Cowboys, man, what a heartbreaking loss. Now, I think they totally got hosed uh, on the call on the goal line where the tight end caught the ball. He he broke the plane. They, they would call that a touchdown, you know, um, I, I think, you know, nine out of ten times. So I thought that was – I think that was definitely, uh, no doubt about it, was a – uh, a bogus call. Speaking of bogus calls, uh, now this didn't cost them the game. Uh, the, LSU just kills me. They kill me. Their defense, they, they got this phenomenal offense. This defense is horrible. In my 62 years, I've been an LSU fan probably of those 62 years, a conscious LSU fan at least 54 of those years, so 50, 55 years. And I cannot remember a worse, uh, a worse defense than this defense. It is atrocious. And then zero, uh, you know, zero uh, adjustments, which just drives me nuts. You know, um, and so, uh, and and not only that, uh, you know, I, I see. Um, what I was going to say about the bogusness was the the horse collar of Jaden Daniels wasn't called. Then the horse collar where Harold Perkins Jr. Uh, throws Milrose for a loss, and they called the horse collar. But the worst of all was the Dallas Turner uh, slam and helmet to helmet of Jaden Daniels on the uh, hit him after the ball had been released which I don't think it was a late hit. It was just helmet to helmet, and then he drove him into the ground, which is an NFL rule, but it's not a college rule. But the helmet to helmet was clear. And, you know, you heard Lane Kiffin come out and say, look, if that's not a personal foul, if that's not helmet to helmet, I don't know what is. And now you're giving everybody else, every other player saying, hey, I can do that to the quarterback who's totally defenseless. And we we've got rules in the in, in the college game for defensive defensive defenseless players like a running back who's making a play that you can't hit him in the neck or shoulder area neck or or head area, but a quarterback who's uh, focused downfield got one hand up and looking downfield, but he can be hit in the head neck. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, so. Uh, one last thing uh, I, I wanted to just kind of talk about here for a moment, and I think it's fascinating, is the NFL's expansion uh, to Europe. And, you know, they've been playing quite a few games in London, and now they're playing quite a few games in Frankfurt. And, uh, you know, Frankfurt, I don't think, is having a huge problem with it. And Frankfurt's not even that big a, a city, actually. Uh, and what I find amazing is they'll have – can you imagine another city – even in New York City, having three NFL games in a row, uh, and I, I guess the demand—if you got fifty, sixty thousand people and you have them times three—that's one hundred eighty thousand people. I don't know how they're filling up that stadium. Are corporations kind of like Super Bowls? Corporate uh, sponsors buying those tickets and then sending their employees, uh, or that many people walking up, or you know, going online and buying tickets? Uh, you, you know. Uh, is uh, let's say they play four games over there and they're playing like three or four games in a row. So let's play, let's say they play three and it's, it's what, 60,000 seats. That's 180,000 people. You realize that Frankfurt has not been about 700,000 people. It's not, I, th- I thought it was a huge metropolitan area, but it's not even the size of Little Rock. Little Rock's 820,000. Now that's, you know, that's Little Rock, North Little Rock, and all the bedroom communities. So literally, Frankfurt's not that big of a place. Now there could be a lot of population outside of the city limits or whatever, but I just found it fascinating. You're playing four, three or four games. The other part I find fascinating is they're going to expand, just like the NBA is, they're going to expand overseas. And so you have to ask yourself, what's the travel look like for that? That flight from Germany uh, to the U.S., what is that? You know, is that a 15, 16-hour flight, something like that? And uh, so, you know, what does that look like when, uh, you know, the Frankfurt team is flying, you know, 
every other week, 16 hours. Because think about it, uh, you know, the Dolphins, the, the Chiefs, uh, the, the other teams that play over there, they're only, they're only playing, you know, over there one time a season. But if Frankfurt is, is playing, you know, over here, they're flying 16 hours, uh, you know, every other week. So, I mean, that would be – it'd just be fascinating to see how that – maybe they're going to do – and I think they would have to do this. They would have other teams flying to Frankfurt. So would would Frankfurt get more and more – I mean, more home games than anybody else because they were, you know, a, a European company a country would – a team. Would London get, you know uh, – you know, would they get – more home games for the same reason. Uh, so I was just going to look here and see what what is a flight time uh, to um, say Frankfurt to Miami. What is the flight time, and uh, and just see what it uh, say Frank uh, Frankfurt to Miami flight time is. Uh, hmm. I don't see it here, uh, but but I, I find it fascinating. I find it fascinating that you know kind of the dynamics of that, uh, and beyond the uh, beyond the uh, you know you're gonna have ticket sales and you're gonna have uh, to uh, you know you're gonna have uh, corporate sales. I guess it's TV. I guess you're opening that whole. Well, I'll guess. I know it is. You know, you you you've got the you got the the TV uh, markets. Frankfurt. You've got you know uh, to uh, London. Uh, you're opening up th- that market. So I, I can see uh, I can see how that would definitely be. You know, it, 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 and it's going to happen, and it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. Uh, it's definitely going to going to take place. Uh, nine hours and fifty minutes looks like. Uh, so it's it's a ten hour flight. So it's not near as bad. If you go from the well, east coast to west coast, uh, you're you're talking about you know what two and a half three hours. So you're talking about three times. So it's not horrible. Uh, and then London, uh, probably, I think it's actually a little farther. Uh, let's see, London to Miami, flight time, and see what that says. Uh, and what I say, it's nine hours and 50 minutes uh, there. Let's see, it's nine hours, 25 minutes. Uh, so it's about the same. So I guess they're trying to stay in that ten-hour flight time. Uh, man, have I ever flown? Yeah, I guess. I'm trying to think if we ever uh, flew that that long. I don't think I've been in the air. Yeah, yeah. When I flew to the Dominican, but uh, I don't think it was near ten hours. Uh, Puerto Rico was then flew over into the Dominican, but. Uh, so it'd be fascinating. I, I like the business side of it to just see what it looks like and how it looks, and uh, you know why they're doing it. And it's no doubt it's the TV. Uh, but I found it fascinating why it's uh, Frankfurt, uh, and and ironically or amazingly, I guess I didn't know that much about Germany. They don't have a huge population, uh, so Frankfurt is actually one of the top five populated cities in Germany. Hamburg, I think, is actually larger. Now, Hamburg's having a lot, a lot of trouble with with the uh, the Muslims. Uh, there's there's major riots and stuff going on in in Hamburg. I don't think you have that in Frankfurt. I think Frankfurt's more of a, uh, probably more of an upscale place than Hamburg. I could be wrong on that, but um, I think I think Hamburg is more of a melting pot. Frankfurt less so, but nonetheless, uh, for some reason, and I'll do a little research on that. I, I like to do a entire show on NFL, NBA expansion, just kind of see what that looks like. But I, I, maybe we'll have somebody on and we can talk about the uh, the logistics of expansion, and then 
you know, maybe you guys are not interested in it at all, but I find it really, really fascinating. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed uh, the show tonight. Uh, I know I got a little distracted there at the end trying to look that up for you, and I apologize for that, but I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for supporting our uh, sponsors like you do. Don't forget RedRiverAuto.com. Don't forget MyPillow.com. Don't forget to use that that promo code RED. And then our newest sponsor. Uh, and what a perfect gift uh, for that person. And, man, you really want to impress them. And here's what I would do. Man, I would get two or three kids go in together by mom or by dad, whichever one of them has kind of a rat. Listen, they don't even have to have you know, great writing ability. They just got to be able to put their story down. Uh, Purpose Media Publishing, well, PurposeMediaPublishing.com for $14.95. That's a sale right now through Christmas uh, that you can get $500 off. It's normally $19.95. Full publishing package. I mean, you get a, a total, complete book ready to go uh, on Amazon, on uh, Barnes & Noble, and all the digital sites. And then your book is ready to go to be printed uh, and they'll even have you a, a copy. You'll have your own landing page on, on the Purpose Media Publishing website. Uh, they're going to promote you. They've got a podcast. Uh, it's called uh, uh, Writing with Purpose. Uh, that's they're, they're actually formulating right now. So a lot of great opportunity. And the coolest thing is that those publishing packages are $500 off right now. If you're doing one where you, you're a public speaker or you're maybe a minister and you want to convert your... Uh, audio to a book uh, it's a little more to it and they have to transcribe everything so those normally are $24.95 right now they're $19.95 and then just uh, a writing manuscript was $19.95 $14.95 but here's the real kicker they're they're giving $500 off for Christmas uh, as a Christmas gift but and then they'll do it in a really cool uh, envelope of gift package uh, that they'll send you uh, for your loved one. But here's the really cool part. You still, even though they're taking $500 off, you get uh, the no interest payments and they'll work with you. I mean, I've seen them uh, and I've sent people to them and they'll they'll work with them. So uh, give us a holler. I'm actually a part owner in that company and uh, I just know firsthand, you know, we'll do whatever we need to do uh, to get you published. Uh, we love, we've got two books right now. I've got a children's book and another book, an auto, uh, not an autobiography, but a biography by a one of our authors. And her, she's written a book. She wrote a book about her late husband, and now she's writing a book about her mother. It's a phenomenal read. Um, so we just love seeing people get published. And what we have found is when they get published, they have another book in them and another book and another book. And so really, really cool. PurposeMediaPublishing.com. Don't forget about that. Thank you for joining uh, the Red Pill Plus podcast. Don't forget about our other podcast, The Doc Washburn Show. That's DocWashburn.com. You can find our, all three of our shows there at DocWashburn.com. It's the Doc Washburn Podcast Network. Uh, and we have, of course, Red Pill Plus. And then we have the fun, the Medicare Funcast, and this is a really cool show where you can learn about Medicare uh, for your parents or maybe even for you. But the Medicare part is only about a five or ten, maybe ten minute uh, little information thing, and then the rest of it's really cool uh, entertainment, uh, trivia, music trivia. Uh, celebrity trivia, celebrity stories, music stories. That's hosted by Brian Coolis, who was a longtime, uh, longtime uh, radio personality with KBL, Ron Chapman in Dallas, Fort Worth, out in Phoenix. Phenomenal, phenomenal talent. Uh, so you want to check out that Medicare Funcast. Uh, you can learn some stuff about Medicare. You can fast forward through that and just get the re really great entertainment. He had the rock and roll detective on talking about uh, the missing Beatle and talking about Charles Manson and the Beach Boys. It was phenomenal. Uh, and then the Doc Washburn show, Doc uh, has actually subbed for Mark Levin something like 12 or 13 times. Phenomenal talent. And uh, and you will love the Doc Washburn show You'll love the Medicare Funcast, and thank you so much for being such a part, for being a peel head right here at Red Peel Plus Podcast, where we do sports 
and we do news right. And so I just, again, want to thank you so much for your support. Hope you have a great rest of the week uh, and stay safe out there. Take care of yourself. Don't forget, I know the world can look like it's crumbling around you, but I want you to keep your head up and I want you to know that everything's going to be okay, uh, that God's got it all in control. He said, be anxious for nothing. And that means how the world's going as well. Okay, take care and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Red Pill Plus Podcast. Sports Plus News done right. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. In the meantime, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at Red Pill Plus, And check the website at docwashburn.com slash redpill.